What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Gridiron Bench Squad podcast. I know we missed last week, but a uh, little bit of bad timing, unfortunate schedule conflicts with both of us. So um, this week, we're going into our first round analysis, going to be grading players, say who we had in the positions that they were taken, and just go into detail on how we think they're going to fit, what teams could have done instead, possibly, and I'm ready to get into it. Anything you want to say before we get going? Let's just say it was harder to predict mock drafts than it is free agency signings. I did not do nearly as well as I did yeah. in the free agency episode, so we'll, uh, we'll see. I don't know how many guys you got right, but I know I didn't do too hot. So uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get into it. What do you say? Uh, so obviously, number one, Jags took Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this was the easiest pick in the draft, in my opinion. He's a generational-type talent who I think is the highest-graded quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck was a beast. So I think that only shows how good this kid is going to be. What do you think about Lawrence? Uh, yeah, he's <coughs> easily got the hardware. He's got the talent. He's got every part of the game that you can ask for. So uh, I know I already showed you. It was the only thing I showed you on my spreadsheet. But uh, in the analysis section of each player, for Trevor Lawrence, I just put, yep. So... That that's all you really need to say about that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Graded an A plus. That's kind of. Oh yeah, I also I also gave it an A plus. That's kind of all you can do for this situation, but uh, moving on to Zach Wilson. Now this was also, it was most likely going to happen. The odds were very high for the Jets to draft Zach Wilson since pretty early on in the off season. Um, the biggest question mark with him was the competition that he played in college was not the best. Uh, not as he was not in a conference like the SEC. So we're going to see how that pays off in New York. But I think he's got enough talent and enough... Uh, he's He's got a good uh, improvising capability, or ability, I should say. And he's going to be need to... Uh, he's going to need to be improvising a lot, in in my opinion, just with how... How interesting that offensive line could be. So I'm gonna grade Zach Wilson a B and Yeah, I mean getting. so like you said, everyone saw this one coming as well. And I still question if he can translate his spectacular arm talent into the NFL because like you said, he didn't play the top teams last year. The only ranked team he played he lost and didn't play a good game. But with that being said, in his I think it was his conference championship or the bowl game that BYU played, he had like six total touchdowns. And that that's got to mean something. So I'm gonna I'm gonna grade Zach Wilson a B plus for the Jets just because of his upside. And despite the fact that I do think Trey Lance and Justin Fields will be better, I'm not saying Zach Wilson's gonna be bad. But speaking of Trey Lance, he went to the 49ers at three. Now I had Fields going here, but uh, I mean there I think these two are basically interchangeable. Like Trey Lance is a raw raw player. But if he, can get, if he can get mentored by Jimmy G for a year or so, depending on if Jimmy G gets traded or not, I think he can develop into a top 10 quarterback with his talent and athletic ability. So I'm going to give Lance and the 49ers pick an A. Interesting. So I also had Fields going here. And this was really the big, the biggest question mark of the draft as who was going to go at three because one and two were pretty obvious. But um, I... I think Lance is either either going to be a 
complete home run and just send Jimmy G packing, or it's going to be a pretty good strikeout because he didn't play. He played, what, one game last year? and One game last year, but a full 2019 season he, with 42 total touchdowns and zero turnovers. He, he that's that's the big that's the bigger upside. There's a lot more of an upside than a uh, a downside, I guess is the word. But um, yeah, I think just because of there is a a good gap. I don't know between upside and downside. Definitely more upside. Like I was saying. gonna say yeah, he's definitely got the higher oh, upside yeah, than yeah, downside. I'm, I'm not questioning that. But um, yeah, I think regardless. Once this pick was taken, Jimmy G's time as a starter is very limited, and let alone his time in staying in San Fran is probably going to be limited, I would say, max two years, probably. Oh, no, I think he's done after this year, 100%. We will see. So, oh, and I'm giving Lance a B plus. So, on the Kyle Pitts, Florida tight end, Pitts is way <laughs> too good to pass up at four. I know some people, not a lot, really. Did you have Pitts going to the Falcons? I had Pitts, no. I had Pitts dropping a little bit. But, um, yeah, he's too talented to pass up at four. Uh, They're going to be sticking with Matty Ice for at least another year or two at this point. But QB will need to be addressed soon. But I think adding Pitts to an already very versatile air game in Atlanta is definitely going to be solid for that offense, at least for the next few years. But, I don't know, because Julio, there is rumors of Julio getting traded to save a big hit on the Atlanta cap space. So, for this pick, I'm giving the Falcons an A- minus for taking Kyle Pitts. Yeah, so with with Pitts, I um, this is one of the only ones that I got right, besides the top two. Um, I argue, or... I think he's arguably the best overall prospect in the entire draft just because of his, I guess, measurements and his talent. But uh, I think he's going to bring another dimension to the Falcons' offense that will make them even more dangerous. That is, if they keep Julio Jones. That's that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But they still have Calvin Ridley. They still have Hayden Hurst. So they won't be a, they won't be a lost cause if Julio Jones is gone, especially with Pitts now. So... With that being said, I'm going to give the Kyle Pitts pick an A+. I, I just think he's that good. Mm. He's the highest, I think he's the highest tight end to be ever picked in the draft, like, highest spot-wise. Oh, uh, yeah, I think I did see that. So, that is why I give him an A+. But moving on to the Bengals at 5. Now, this was, this was rumored throughout the later end of the offseason season. <laughs> And the fact that it came true is just really interesting. But they took Jamar Chase, and I'm pretty sure everyone and their mother had them taking Panay Sewell. But I'm not, de- I'm not denying the fact that Chase will be amazing in the NFL. But my thing is, how is Burrow going to get him the ball when there's no one to block for him? Like, you can have the best receiver in the league and no offensive line. You're not going to get the throw there. But you can have the best lineman in the league and an average receiver and get the ball there. They do have Michael Jordan. Don't forget about that. They have an offensive lineman named Michael Jordan. Well, he took it personally. That's my bad. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I'm going to give, despite them taking really a position that they didn't need, I'm going to give them a B still just because of how good Chase is and the fact that it gives Burrow another weapon. 
his old college teammate. But, uh, yeah, so I give the Bengals a B for taking Chase. What about you? Yeah, I'm. so first off, I'm going to start off say B-, minus, just because Chase, there's no doubt that Chase is a great wide receiver. He's a phenomenal talent, incredible size and build. But I just don't see how you go from taking, from watching your franchise quarterback take a hit and tear his ACL. And MCL and break his leg. It, yeah, all of that stuff because he got hit from an offensive lineman allowing a sack and you don't take the best offensive lineman yeah. in the draft. I questionable. Just don't it's get questionable. That. But, and this is no knock to Chase. He is a phenomenal receiver. Oh, I yeah, 100%. Have, I think he's going to have a good year, but they just got to they got to do something with that offensive line. Maybe free agents, because there's a good amount of free agents left. Did they but, pick up... I'll look up their second and third round picks, but I have no idea who they chose. Yeah, but if they they got to address the offensive line at some point. So just because of how good of a of a player just Jamar Chase is, I'm going to go with B-. So moving on to the Dolphins. No, now, the Bengals, they did take an offensive lineman. Jackson Carmen, the Clemson tackle. Okay. So... They got something. So, uh, moving on to the Finns. Uh, Jalen Waddell, not the first uh, Alabama receiver I was expecting to see off the board or the first receiver out of the group to see off the board. But um, with Miami looking in the market for a receiver, not a lot of people were expecting this. I know I definitely wasn't. But the thing with Waddell is his durability with injuries, things like that. Now, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be great. He's an absolute burner, and he's good running the ball. He's a good route runner. He's got great hands, and he really shows it when he's healthy, but that's not a lot of the time. So based off of just durability question marks, I'm going to give, give Jalen Waddle a B. Yeah, so, I mean, really the Dolphins got screwed over by the Bengals because, obviously, Chase was their guy for the entire offseason. But with that being said, they were still able to add a dynamic wide receiver in Waddle that will bring the offense to new heights with uh, Mike Kosicki, with Devontae Parker, with Will Fuller, with Gaskin in the backfield. And I'm pretty sure they drafted a tight end yesterday, too, in round two or three. So they got um they got something going for them. And like you said, Waddle is a burner. And people don't remember that before Waddle was hurt, he was the better out of the two, him and Smith. So, I don't know. I think this is a good pick. I did have Waddle going before Smith, but not to the Dolphins, obviously. But with that being said, I'm going to give the Jalen Waddle pick to the Dolphins a B plus, just because of, like you said, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be great. But uh, moving on to the Lions. Now, this is a pick that I don't think anyone saw coming. One, because no one saw Sewell falling this far. And two, because offensive tackle isn't the highest need for the Lions. But, um, like I said, it's surprising that he fell to seven, but with Chase and Waddle gone, it's no shot they took no shock. They took the top offensive tackle prospect to protect their new QB in golf. And they just need to uh they'll need to build up the uh receiving core and offensive weapons for golf in later rounds. So I'm gonna give the Lions pick and Panay Sewell, let's see here. I gave it an A just because of the fact of how good Sewell is. I think no matter where he went, he's going to be a stud. Yeah, that's the same thing I have him. And yes, they definitely need to address the the whole receiving core situation as 
They don't have a lot of big names in there as of this moment. But I do think Detroit hit the nail on the head with this pick. They were in the market for a offensive tackle, and Panay Sewell definitely fills that. And as with a few teams who took offensive linemen who are who took offensive linemen who were an offensive lineman needy team, I'm just gonna compare them and say this is what the Bengals should have done. Yes, they just brought in Jared Goff with the trade. So I think Jared Goff is definitely liking this pick. Oh, 100%. I would be, too. I don't think I would get sacked in the NFL if I had Panaisu as my tackle. Yeah. So, and Taylor Decker on the other side, he's, I'd say he's a above average tackle. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Like with a few teams, this is what the Bengals should have done. It's going to, I think it will definitely pay off more than the Bengals taking chase. Oh, 100%. So, just off that. Sewell gets an A, and Detroit nailed this pick. So, moving on to the Panthers, picking up J.C. Horn. Now, this was a pretty good toss-up between Horn and Sertain being the first drafted corner. And I think some people were surprised. I was surprised that it was Horn over Sertain. But, I mean, there's really not a lot of difference between both of them. They're both physical guys who can cover, like, blankets out in the field. They can play both phenomenal coverage. And Carolina was definitely a cornerback needy team. So, like a lot of, like most teams, I should say, hint coming later in the first round, uh, definitely checks off a big box with a big name player for that position. Gonna give JC Horn an A minus. Wait, did, what did you say for Sewell's grade? I, a. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. And what did you give Horn just now? A minus. Okay. So, yeah, like you said. I thought it was pretty interesting to see Horn be the first corner off the board. But towards the end of the offseason, his stock, like, skyrocketed. He was going to be a late first-round pick, but I guess people just got more into his highlights. And I watched his highlights, and he looks pretty good. I love how he can, like, read the quarterback and get to where the ball is going to be before it's even thrown. Mm. He's just got that high football IQ that I guess a lot of teams like, especially the Panthers. So I'm going to give this pick a B plus because I do think that Micah Parsons would have been a better pick here. But Horn is still a, he's definitely a solid, solid corner to start. I think he's going to be the number one there, right? Uh, yes, I think him and Elder. Uh, yeah, I have no idea who their other corner is. But they have, they drafted Jeremy Chin last year. So they're building that defense. They're building that secondary and I think if Sam Darnold can pair, uh, pan out, could be, could be a pretty decent team next year. Yeah, Dante Jackson. I mean, he oh was, yeah, I forgot he's the he was the LSU guy from a couple of years ago, right? He was pretty good. He wasn't a stud, but I mean, he was he was easily the best corner on their team. That's for sure. Yeah, I think his dra- or like his combine, he ran like a four two eight or something. Yeah, he he's, he's fast. Pretty, yeah, he's fast. But uh, with that being said, we're gonna go back to back corners here at nine. The Broncos take Patrick Sertain. Sertan, Sertain. I say Sertain, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's how it's spelled. But uh, whatever. I had them taking Trey Lance here. Obviously, that was impossible with him going three. But um, after the signing of Kyle Fuller, the Broncos, I guess, were looking to shore up an already good secondary with Justin Simmons. And uh, I think Sertain will come in and be a day-one starter, opposite of Kyle Fuller, right? I don't think... Because they got... Uh, wait, did they Cal- sign Darby? Callahan's a slot guy. I don't think... Or did... No, I think Darby's still in Washington. Okay. I'm... 
look, oh, oh, look oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but um <clears throat> yeah, I think Sertain he's a beast. When we were doing our first mock draft, you were like saying off his stats, a hundred eleven tackles as a corner. That just shows you how he's like not scared to get hit and not scared to play the run, which is pretty crazy for a corner. You don't really see that that much anymore. But um, he's nothing. He's not flashy. He's not like a Jalen Ramsey type player. Makes plays left and right. He's just he does his job and he does it extremely well. So I'm gonna give the certain draft pick by the Broncos an A. Darby is in Denver. Just to double check, so. In no way is this a bad pick, picking up Sertain, because this is not as bad as the Jamar Chase pick by the Bengals. Yeah. Like, there's, he's not a bad player whatsoever. He's a phenomenal corner. But quarterback still being on the board, yeah, I, I thought... Yeah, Fields, Fields was definitely intriguing to them, I guess. I, yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, I thought for sure this was going to be Fields. No doubt pick was going to be in within, like, 30 seconds. But, uh, yeah, I guess they're going to rock with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know how that's going to help too much. And I mean, Ted, Teddy Two Gloves is definitely better than Drew Locke. That's oh, for sure. For sure, but I think bringing in Fields and having a competition between those three for the starting spot, that would have been fun to watch in the offseason. That would have been on headlines a lot week after week. But, um, yeah, so questionable, especially after signing Fuller and Darby. I guess they're building a lot of corner depth when they already had, uh, say, like Bryce Callahan already there. So I would have went with Fields, at, um, uh, but I'm not a GM of the Denver Broncos, so what do I know? Yeah, we're just sitting on two folding chairs right now recording a podcast. Yeah. That probably ten people listen to. We're they they get paid the big bucks for a reason. And we don't. <laughs> so, um yeah, just based off of how good of a a physical corner who can play physical, duh, and is very good in coverage, I'm gonna give Phillips a B. Or not Phillips, Certain a B. I had Phillips going here. But yeah, just because of his his talent and it was just a questionable pick overall. So, moving on to the 10th pick. Uh, this was the first trade of the draft in the first round. Definitely an interesting one. Cowboys and the Eagles switching spots. Ne- you never really see inter- like interdivision trades like that on draft day. Especially around the top 10 spot of the draft. That's, that's but quite interesting. I, I'll let you go first, but I have my speculations. So, I thought there was... This is just seemed a little shady if that makes sense but um Devontae Smith definitely I'm gonna rank him a B just because there's no doubt like a lot of these guys there's no doubt he's a phenomenal talent and for the Philly fans out there I really hope this doesn't go like the last few drafts like passing on Metcalf and last year passing on Jefferson and passing on there's one more that I can't think of that they missed the guy that was Terry stud. McLaurin. The McLaurin, same, yeah. yes, it was that one. But um, yeah, this fills one of the team's offensive needs, and if I was the the Eagles GM in this spot, I would definitely take Devontae Smith too. So based on that, I'm gonna give Devontae Smith a B plus. Yeah. So my my speculations for this trade up is that 
the Eagles knew the Eagles and the Cowboys knew the Giants were going to take Devonta Smith. Yeah. And obviously the Eagles are in the market for a receiver. And both teams strongly disliked the Giants. So I think they wanted to figure something out so Smith doesn't go to New York. That's why the Eagles traded up only two spots. But uh, with that being said, they finally drafted a good receiver. Like, finally, after what you were saying. And uh, I think it should provide help for his old college teammate, Jalen Hurts, in, uh, in <clears throat> Jalen Hurts' sophomore year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that being said, <clears throat> I'm going to give this pick an A-. minus. I'm going to give Devontae Smith an A-. minus. Um, moving on to a, another trade. Obviously, after uh, Devontae Smith got picked by the Eagles, the Giants didn't want to stay at 11, which I don't blame them. But the Bears traded up nine spots to get their guy, Justin Fields. And I love how the Bears pulled the trigger to make a trade and get their guy. I think it's surprising that Fields fell this far. Definitely. Definitely definitely surprising. But he should be happy to get a year under a veteran like Andy Dolan. I'm not saying Andy Dolan's the best quarterback ever. But he's got the time in the league. He's made the playoffs plenty of times. He's got good stats. So, um, overall, I'm going to give this Fields pick... An A plus. I'm I I like how the Bears organization is turning around because with this pick, I feel like it might give Allen Robinson an incentive to stay after his franchise tag is up, but we'll see. So I'm gonna give Fields an A plus. What about you? Yeah, I'm <clears throat> I'm giving him a B plus just because, it, yes, it was pretty pretty fun to watch them trade up a good amount to go and get a guy like Justin Fields after he was, I'm just going to say, miraculously still there. But um, it's just going to be another quarterback carousel. I hope I hope Justin Fields doesn't turn into another, another name that was drafted by the Chicago Bears in the first round that turns to nothing. But I think Fields will become the starter at some point this coming year. I think they're probably going to stick with Dalton for at least the first few weeks of the season just because... Dalton even said that's the only reason he signed there was to be the starter. So, yeah, QB carousel. But I think he has too much talent to sit the whole year. And especially if the Bears don't make the playoffs, I think once once that week comes, that if they don't and there's still a few weeks left of the season, I think they're going to play field all of those weeks and see what uh see what materializes. So moving on to the 12th pick was Dallas uh in part of that Philadelphia trade taking Micah Parsons out of Penn State. So Sean Lee just recently retired what like a week before the draft, a few days. I yeah, I think literally like two or three days before. So I think got got to respect a guy doing it and let his team know before the draft so they can f- get a guy who can fill in, in in his spot very nicely. Parsons is a very good sideline-to-sideline guy, and I think combined with Van Der Esch, this is, I know a lot of people say this, I think this is actually going to be a good core. Jalen Smith, Van Der Esch, and Rish, I almost said Rishon Slater, Micah Parsons, that's going to be a pretty good, pretty good combination in the NFC East. He's a good blitzer. He's got great vision on things like options and all the, uh, the eye candy. If, if yeah, 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 definitely. So, yeah, sideline to sideline, and that that core with those linebackers in Dallas is going to be pretty nasty. So I'm going to give this Micah Parsons draft an A. 
Yes, I mean, as long as his off-the-field issues don't interfere with his career, I think he'll be a dominant linebacker in the league for many years to come. I think he's the unanimous number one linebacker in this class. I don't think anyone else comes close. But like I said, if he can if he can fix his off-the-field stuff, his uh, his time in Dallas will be very good, to say the least, pairing him in the middle with Van Der Esch, Smith, and himself. So with that being said, I'm going to give this pick a B+. Plus. I, mean, I think that's pretty. A and B+, plus are, are pretty fair. That's fair. Um, but moving on to 13, this is another one that I surprisingly got right. Um, the Chargers take the Northwestern offensive tackle, Rashawn Slater, and they got their guy to protect Herbert. Um, the O-line is looking solid after bringing in Corey Lindsley and Matt Filer in free agency. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I think, obviously, they don't want their quarterback to go down like what Burrow did. Or what happened to Burrow. I should say he didn't do it himself, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so this is another blow to the Bengals' belt with their sophomore quarterbacks battling it out. And, yeah, I just think this was a really smart pick. And for that matter, I'm going to give this pick an A+. Yeah, I, I gave the Chargers picking up Slater an A. Uh, he definitely fills in a big need, especially after bringing in some, some top talent and guys like Corey Lindsay in Lindsay in the offseason. And unlike the Bengals, I mean, I'm not saying Joe Burrow is mad at having Jamar Chase. I mean, he was his teammate and he was his best receiver. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's mad, but there but definitely was a smarter pick. Based off of team need, I think this Rashawn Slater pick definitely fits the Chargers very well. I'm giving it an A. And once again, like a few of the teams I'm saying here, this is the team making the right team decision, unlike Cincinnati. And I think Herbert is very happy with this pick. So Rashawn Slater gets an A with the Chargers. Now for 14, I had Vera Tucker going to 14, but that was before the Jets and Vikings traded. So I'm going to say I got this one right because Tucker went 14. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you just because you gave me Smith. Oh, yeah, so I had I had Smith going to the Eagles at 12, but the Eagles took him at 10, so I also counted that as right. So I think it kind of evens out. Fair trade-off. But, yeah, Tucker's a beast. He can play tackle and interior, and I think this is a very good move to pick up a good O-lineman out of the draft, especially with a young quarterback coming in in Zach Wilson. Uh, Like I was saying, Vera Tucker is very versatile. He can play pretty much anywhere on the line. He's huge, and he's very fast for a big guy. He can move very well. He's got great technique, great feet beneath him, very rarely lets up any sacks. So I think the Jets taking Vera Tucker, I don't think they needed to trade up for him, maybe not to 14 at least. Because I don't think the, actually, I think Vikings the Vikings were, gonna were definitely going to take him. So yeah, I think that's a fair trade. Surprised the Vikings, uh, took that. But then again, Vikings got their tackle, later on. So I'm gonna give Vera Tucker, an, Vera Tucker, an A. Vera Tucker. Um. Yeah. So like you said, they. Uh, I don't think they. What did they? What did they end up giving? Was it uh, anything huge? It was like a. F- I want to say a first, uh, maybe a second and a fourth, something like that. Yeah, well, okay. That's, that's um, just kind of what it, what it costs to move yeah, up. Yeah, that's true. But I think they really got lucky, like you said, because he can play both guard and tackle. 
they definitely needed another young guy on the offensive line after drafting Becton last year. So I think this pick is huge, especially wanting to build around their new franchise guy in Zach Wilson. So with that being said, I'm going to give Vera Tucker an A. And moving on to the Patriots pick, I think this was pretty obvious that this was coming if he fell this far. I know you and I both had him mocked to the Patriots, but uh, Mac Jones obviously got taken by the Pats. The fact that they didn't have to trade up and pick Jones is amazing for them because he had, towards the end of the year, like the third overall grade on his head for, the, for most of everyone's drafts, or mocks, I should say. Um, however, I do think Jones will be the worst out of the five, the top five quarterbacks chosen. And that's nothing against Jones. I just think every other guy is better. And I think, I think Mac Jones is going to be average like A.J. McCarron was after he played amazingly at Bama. So with that yeah. being said... I'm going to give Mac Jones a B. Something about those Bama quarterbacks. But, um, yeah, uh, I'm giving him a B plus just because this was kind of obvious and it was very spectacular for the Patriots to get him without having to trade up, like you are saying. And I think learning under a former MVP and getting into an offense with a lot of upgrades in basically every position, receivers, tight ends, like everything, going into a much better situation than a lot of other teams that he could have gone to earlier on. So I think – I don't think Mac Jones – I'd say he's probably going to be – I wouldn't say the worst, maybe maybe fourth out of the five. But um, it's definitely going to be tough to beat out the guys that went earlier in the draft. So I think just based off of who he can learn from, Bill Belichick adding to that too, and being in that really upgraded offense compared to last year, I think Mac Jones is going to have a good situation in New England. So moving on to the Cardinals, um, I had Jalen Waddle going here uh, earlier on. But Zayvon Collins, now this wasn't, I think this is a little out of the blue, but not necessarily considering uh, Hassan Reddick left in free agency to the Panthers. So I think Zayvon Collins is a good guy to fill in that gap. Now I don't know if that would be, the linebacker I would have taken, considering who is still on the board. <coughs> J.O.K. <coughs> but, um, yeah, Zayvon Collins is a beast. He was earning linebacker of the year awards, best defensive this and that, all that good stuff. So I think he's going to make his, his name known very early on in uh, in Arizona, giving him an A+. Plus. An A+. Plus? Or not A+, plus, A-. Minus, A-. Minus. I was going to say yeah. interesting. But, yeah, he's he's ultra-talented. However, I do think JOK is the second-best linebacker in this class. And the Cardinals are going to realize that as the season plays out. Collins won't be bad. He's still going to be very good. And speaking of your awards, you were saying Collins was winning. JOK won the most important linebacker award. He won the Buckus. So with that being said, I'm going to give the Cardinals a B for this pick. Like I said, Collins won't be bad. There were just better players on the board for them. But uh, moving on to the Raiders pick. Well, um, this was and interesting. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> so they took Alex Leatherwood, the Bama tackle. I had them taking JOK. Didn't happen. I think the fact that Darisaw was still on the board, the fact that Samuel Cosme, the fact that Jalen Mayfield, the fact that Tevin Jenkins were still on the board. This was um 
Yeah. Yeah, this was not... That's the best way to put it. Yeah. (laughs) There were bigger holes that needed to be filled on the defensive side of the ball. So this pick makes absolutely no sense to me. Obviously, I'm not an NFL analyst. However, I think that this is going to be one of the worst picks of the draft. With uh yeah, with that being said, I'm gonna give this pick a C minus. Yeah, so uh I had Christian Barmore going here. They definitely need help on just about everywhere except for Max Crosby and Jonathan Abrams on that defense. They could have picked quite literally any defensive player and have gotten a higher grade from me at least. But I'm giving Leatherwood a C plus. Offensive line is not necessarily something, not, not not really a box that they need to check at this moment in time. I I don't think he's going to start. I mean, maybe, but I guess they're building depth. I, I don't know. They they could have taken anyone on the defense, really. But, um, yeah, I think Barmore would have helped tremendously compared to Leatherwood. But who knows? So I'm giving Leatherwood a C+. Plus. Moving on to the Dolphins' second pick of the first round, Jalen Phillips. Now, this does check off a big need for Miami. Very talented and physical guy. Got a high motor, uh, always bringing that energy. Doesn't take plays off. Very good. Overall, and he's a big dude. He's, what, 6'6", six, 2-something. Six, he's a beast. Yeah, he's he's pretty, pretty darn tall. So I, I'm giving Phillips a... A minus in Miami just because he's going into a very good defensive situation in Miami, and they did lose. They lost a defensive lineman. I, I can't think of his name to the Patriots in free agency, but filling in the gap that a box needs to be checked on, so Phillips gets an A minus. Yeah, so I mean, with this pick happening, <clears throat> I think it pretty much certified something that happened later in the draft. But, um, yeah, so Phillips actually is, like, a crazy story. He was at UCLA, retired medically because he got hurt too much, transferred to Miami to pursue his musical dreams and go to music school there, and then he ended up playing a year of football and being a monster, and now he's a first-round pick. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. He's uh, It's definitely not a bad pick, but I do think the offense needed more help than the defense did. With that being said, I'm going to give this pick a B. Just because I think Miami could have used an offensive tackle more than an edge guy. But uh, moving on to 19. This was another pretty interesting pick here. Um, The football team selected the Kentucky linebacker, Jameen Jamin Davis. I think it's Jameen. I don't know. That's what Goodell said. Yeah, Jameen Davis. Um, This guy's draft stock rose incredibly, like, exponentially during the process. However... I don't think he should have been taken over JOK or Nick Bolton. And I, that's just like, I guess, a reoccurring theme here. With all these defensive guys. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so with that being said, despite him being a solid linebacker, the players on the board who weren't taken before him, I think are just better. So I'm going to give the football team's pick a B-. minus. Uh, yeah, I gave Washington a B for Jameen Davis just because I, I don't see why teams are passing or were passing on JOK and I, Nick that Bolton. Literally, because JOK weighed in at, I think, 215. 
But tape I, doesn't lie. The tape does not lie. Yeah, I, I just don't necessarily get this. Uh, I had Zayvon Collins going here, so I guess I got the linebacker position right. Yeah. And like, uh, like was the case with a good amount of these positions, Davis was a surprise to go ahead of someone else who was mocked in a ton of mock drafts to go in that position. But he is a good hybrid-type player. Uh, will fit into the front seven nicely, especially with an emerging emerging defensive line. I was going to say Chase Young, but the Washington defensive line in general, like as a whole, is really starting to get it together and really ball out in a sense. So I think adding another piece of that, that I think that's going to bring... I mean, I'm not saying Jimin Davis is going to come in and play like Derek Brooks or something. I don't see that happening. But I think... I think Washington's going to be back in the playoffs this year. Maybe wild card again. Yeah, I, know, I also think that they'll be in the playoffs again. I think I think they're going to be in the playoffs, but that's also going to be completely dependent on how Fitzpatrick plays. I think that's the real key to if Washington gets in or not. But Jimin Davis uh, getting a B. If it was any other, if it was JOK or Nick Bolton, it would be a higher grade. But I don't know. I. I don't. I don't get it. Anyways, moving, <laughs> moving to the Giants pick that they traded back, on, <clears throat> Kadarius Tony, uh, definitely a burner. Uh, like a few people I've talked to, Tyreek Hill type of player, uh, burner, big deep threat, but that is, when he can catch the ball, which is a, which has been a little bit of a question mark for him at his time in Florida, but, he he's. He breaks if if you watch him, he breaks so many tackles from yeah he's even a like, monster like double teams and stuff he he always finds a way to just like slip out and get down the field somehow some way so if Tony pays off, I think he's gonna be the Giants Tyree kill a burner on offense and a big return threat in the kick and punt return game, but that is. Uh, gonna need some some upside from him, so I'm gonna give Florida, give Florida, <coughs> give the Giants a B for taking Kadarius the Florida Tony. wide receiver. Mm. Yeah, I I also think it's a, I think it was a smart play by them. They got draft capital from trading back, and I think giving Daniel Jones another weapon is not a bad idea, because he's going in. I think he's going into his fourth year, so after this year. They decide whether or not to pick up his fifth-round option. And as of now, I wouldn't do so if I was the Giants, but maybe since he has some weapons now, that'll change. And like you said, Tony is a huge big play threat. And with that being said, I'm going to give the Giants a B-plus for taking Tony. Now, moving on to the Colts pick at 21. This was This was interesting because I don't think this guy shouldn't have or should have fallen this far. I think he's going to be a great addition off the edge on an already pretty elite Colts defense. And that's Quiddy Pay, the edge guy from Michigan. This guy ran, I want to say, in the four threes. Oh, yeah, he was a and burner. And also benched 225 36 times. So that just shows you how athletically gifted this guy is. And I think he's just going to be a monster on an already good Colts defense. So I'm going to give Quiddy Pay an A just because he shouldn't have fallen this far. Yeah, um, I gave Quiddy Pay <clears throat> an A minus, just because 
like I've said before, the Colts' de- defensive line, not really defense as a whole, defensive line needs a little help, and Quiddy Pay definitely checks a box there. Like you were saying, burner on the on the 40-yard dash, tank on the bench, just throwing up weight like it's nothing, and he is very, very talented coming off the edge, and I think him combined with DeForest Buckner is going to be a very nice... Uh, very nice duo in Indianapolis. So with Buckner getting some help and the and the Colts defense getting a big, a big piece of really one of the only things that were missing there, I think Quiddy Pay will pay off. Uh-huh. All right. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> so moving on to the Titans pick, Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech corner. Uh, they were a or are a very cornerback needy team. They did just sign Janoris Jenkins recently. And I think this this Caleb Farley pick, he's going to be the other the other guy aside from Janoris Jenkins. Now, he does have a few question marks in terms of surgeries like his back surgery, but finding a tall corner who is actually good is like finding a diamond in the rough. Caleb Farley is like 6-1 and 3 quarters or something, so a 6-2 corner who is fast physical and can cover very well that's that's a very good match so I think it's a very good pick but depending on how Caleb Farley's injuries play out it could definitely be questionable so just because of his his injury question marks I'm gonna give him a b plus yes I mean after losing Desmond King in free agency Farley will be a solid uh, replacement if his back injuries don't haunt him and that's a bad like that's a bad injury to have as, as an NFL player but if he can stay healthy, he sh- he would have been the t- like the top corner top taken. Corner, yeah. But uh, obviously that's a huge problem. And I had them taking a corner originally, but it was J C Horn, and obviously he went way earlier than twenty two. But uh, but yeah, so I think this could be a solid pick if Farley can stay healthy. That's the if though. With that being said, I'm gonna give Caleb Farley a B. Now, the Vikings at twenty three after trading back from the Jets. They took. They still took their tackle. They got Christian Darisaw, the Virginia Tech offensive tackle. This guy should have been taken much higher, and he comes into block for one of the best running backs in the NFL. I'm going to give this an A-plus, undoubtedly, because he's a monster, and him being taken to 23 is criminal. So that, that's what I got to say about that. Yeah, I thought he was going to be... I, I thought they were going to be taking more offensive linemen earlier on than 23, and I thought Darisaw was going to be taken around 10, but trades happen. And the Raiders take Alex Leatherwood. Yeah. The, I, now, Leatherwood going at the end of the first round, I think that could have made more oh, sense. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, but as the third offensive tackle taken with the guys in this class, no shot. Yeah. I. Darisaw is going to make the Raiders pay for that once uh, Cook runs for, like, 4,000 yards in one game. Yeah. But definitely checks off a big box for Minnesota. Like you were saying, going to be blocking for one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, will significantly help out the offense in general. So for that, I'm giving Derek on <coughs> A-. Uh, yeah, moving on to the Steelers. Najee, Najee, Najee. This is going to get an A. It's hard to not like anything Najee brings to the table. He's good everywhere. He's a physical freak. And he's going to be the guy there for a long time. Yeah, this is uh, this is the only other pick that I got right in the rest of this mock draft. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, with the Jets trading up in Miami, selecting an edge rusher, this is what I was talking about before. It was almost certified that after pick uh, 18 that Najee was going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. And uh, I think he's going to obviously take over the number one running back spot and uh, hopefully make the Steelers a great rushing team again. You know, I'm a big fan of Najee. I've, I've been saying this the entire offseason. I want him. It finally happened. As soon as his jersey dropped, I copped it. So that'll be it in a few days. But, yeah, no, I'm super excited, especially after, I guess, yesterday's second round. We won't get into that. This, the Steelers made some, some other good picks. It's, uh, it's looking good. So with that being said, I'm also giving this pick an A just because I didn't want to be really biased and give it an A+. But, uh, yeah, moving on to the Jaguars. This was interesting. No, I said, no, here we go for the Barmore pick. This is when when that phrase starts to kick in. Yeah, no, uh, what Barmore pick. Or not Leatherwood. I have. Oh, okay. I, okay, I, I was like, Barmore hasn't gotten taken. Had yet. them taken Barmore. Um, yeah, this was weird. Um, and I'm not saying ETN is a bad player whatsoever. But they already have a stud running back in James Robinson and could have used the pick on a much more needed position. And they also just re-signed Carlos Hyde a few days before <coughs> yeah. the draft. So, I mean, I get it. They wanted to reunite their college teammates, Lawrence and Etienne, but not a smart pick. If anything, they should have taken a receiver over a running back here. They could have used, respectfully, any other position. Than a running back. Yeah. <laughs> So, with that being said, I'm giving this a C-. And I love ETN, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there's just no need for him in Jacksonville. Yeah, it, it just didn't make sense. I get it that you want to keep Lawrence and ETN together, but just there's no need for it. They just re-signed Carlos Hyde, and they have that James Robinson guy who's not too bad. There's plenty of holes that they could have filled. There's almost any hole on defense, I guess, except for corner, that they could have picked up. I... Uh, yeah, C- minus for this. Now, moving on to the Browns at 26. Another, I'm giving this a C for Greg Newsom, corner from Northwestern. They literally just signed John Johnson and Troy Hill. They already have Denzel Ward. I don't know how Newsom's going to be fitting in in Cleveland in that secondary, maybe as a rotational guy. But <coughs> they, they could have gone with... JOK and Nick Bolton. Uh, we're just going to keep saying it because it's true. Well, I mean, true. they ended up getting JOK, but still. Definitely should not have taken Greg Newsom. Yeah, I, I just didn't see any point of picking up a corner here. So, I'm giving this a C. Yeah, I also get this a C. Like you said, they don't need a corner. They have Troy Hill and Denzel Ward already there. Maybe this guy plays in the slot. I don't know. But, I mean, they definitely should have taken a linebacker in the first round and use their second-round pick instead of trading up in the second round to get JOK. Whatever, though. Um, like we said before, we're not NFL GMs. I hate the Browns, so I really couldn't care less. I'm, I was happy with this pick. But, uh, yeah, I, I also give it a C. Moving on to another team that I oh, hate. Wait, 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 one thing. Moving back to the Jags pick, it's a good thing they didn't pick any other tight end because Team Tebow was going to come in, and he's going to set the league on fire. Anyways... Oh, yeah, dude. When I saw that, I was like, what? That, yeah, that was, that was the craziest news of the day. Picking up a, a Tim Tebow Jaguars jersey, that that might have to be the move. At tight end. Low-key. Yeah. Right, anyways. Uh, yeah, so moving on to the Ravens. Uh, 
They took Rashad Bateman. Now, I thought this was actually a good pick for them. Um, I had them taking the TCU safety, Trayvon Morig. Um, yeah, they addressed their most needed position, and Bateman is going to fit in well with Hollywood, Brown, and Sammy Watkins. And maybe make Lamar an actual quarterback and not a running back. Um, yeah, so I give this a B-plus for the Ravens. As much as I don't like them, this is a good pick. Yeah, I gave them an A-minus for Bateman just because they needed a receiver. They needed someone else to come in and help that core. Uh, and they actually did it, unlike a certain team that picked 29 in this draft. So I think this is a very good pick for the Ravens. Um, Bateman is a good all-around receiver. Uh, a little, maybe not surprised that he fell this far, but, I mean, once he was still on the board at 27, I Yeah, you kind of knew what was going to happen. You kind of knew this was coming. So, like I said a few times already for this, Bateman gets an A-. minus. So, moving on to the Saints. As a Bucks fan, very excited that they picked some... This was god-awful. Th- this is my lowest-graded player. Oh, 100%. Me round. too. 100%. The, the highest I saw of any mock draft that Peyton Turner, the DN from Houston, was supposed to go, or expected to go, was like late third. Yeah, no, this so, guy went 28 overall. Being a first round pick, I don't see it. And we took we took a break from the questionable picks with Bateman. He was a solid pickup, but now we're getting right back into the questionable stuff. I don't get it. I mean, I had them taking a defensive end in Patrick Jones the second, but Peyton Turner, I just don't get. I would have given him an, I would have given him an F, except for he does have a pretty good ceiling, and yeah. So as a Bucks fan. Love to see a pick like this from the Saints, but as a football fan, that's just not it. And I'm really hoping that does not, that this guy Peyton Turner does not come into Tampa this year and get like. Do you imagine three he gets sacks sixty-five a sacks? A I game. am gonna blow a fuse if that happens. <laughs> this guy like comes in out of nowhere and Randy just happens Orton. to be the best defensive end in like Ever. football. He's gonna be the next Reggie White. <laughs> So, yeah, nah. <laughs> as of right now, Peyton Turner and the Saints, they get a D-minus just because with the talent that's still on the board, instead of Peyton Turner, I... Yeah. I, um, I don't know. For, for my description of this pick, I said, who is this guy? Because I literally have no idea. Um, they took a no-name guy with the likes of Gregory Rosso and JOK left on the board. Uh, not a smart choice at all. I give this an F. There's... there's yeah. yeah, I just got no explanation. I give it an F. I also I don't even I don't give a a butt about. <laughs> I, I don't. With Rosso still on the yeah, board, no, I have Rosso is, projected to go higher, but. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm shaking my yeah. head here. I, I you can't see it, but I'm shaking my head here. Yeah, for for a football fan, if I was Dumb. a Saints fan, I would not be happy yeah. about that. Yeah, so. Uh, Going to the Packers at 29, this was also a terrible pick. They really could have used a wide receiver and center. I know they got a center in the second round and a receiver in the third, but if they wanted any shot at changing Aaron Rodgers' mind about wanting to leave, they would have taken one of those two positions that I listed off earlier. And there was also a better corner available in Asante Samuel. Mm. So I I don't think this Eric Stokes guy is bad. Definitely just not the smart pick, so I'm going to give this a D just because of 
the other positional needs and there yeah. were better players at the position available. Yeah, so if I was Aaron Rodgers, I would grade this a F minus, <laughs> but I'm not. But <sighs> now, I can see the reasoning for taking a corner after the whole Kevin King thing against the Bucks. If I was a Packers fan, I I'd feel I'd feel conflicted on this pick. Like, yeah, you're getting someone to hopefully get Kevin King off the field, but I mean, A Rod's threatening to retire, and if you're a Packers fan, that's like the worst news you can hear. Jordan Since, Love season, baby. Yeah, dude. Yeah, but um, I'll, I'll give him a a B. A B. B probably B minus fits better, just because. Yes, if I was a Packers fan, I would want to see Kevin King on the field again, especially if they make the playoffs again, <laughs> and that whole thing goes on again. I wouldn't want to see it either, and I'd rather see, most likely, rather see Eric Stokes on the field than Kevin King. So just based on that. Uh, as a team need, it fits a, a B- minus to a B range. As an Aaron Rodgers need, F-. minus. So moving on to the Bills here, picking up Greg Rousseau. I don't know how Greg Rousseau fell this far. He's phenomenal talent, and with Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes really starting to get older, bringing in a young and very talented pass rusher out of Miami, very good move by Buffalo. And I think he's going to rotate in a lot this year just because he's very talented. And he's, a, he's an athletic freak. He's another guy who's like 6'5 or 6'6 to 60 to 70-something. And, yeah, he's good. <laughs> so I'm giving this pick an A-minus for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> this is a low-key steal in my opinion. Oh, yeah. There were a couple guys who were taken before him who shouldn't have been. Peyton Turner. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't think Edge was a huge need for them, but uh, I guess it makes their defense even better. They already they already have a pretty good defense. So with that being said, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pretty conservative. I'm gonna give it a B plus just because I guess we have to wait and see how he plays in that defense. I don't know. Does he fit their scheme? They they run a three four, right? I think so. So I guess I, I guess we'll have so. to see how he fits with that. I th- I think he'll find his yeah find his footing there. I th- yeah. I think he's good enough to do so. But uh, moving on to the Ravens now. This was the Chiefs' pick up until like last week, when the Ravens traded Orlando Orlando's Brown to the Orlando. Chiefs for the first round pick. I think this could have been used on an offensive tackle, but they also needed to find a replacement for Yannick Ngakwe, and they did so. Jason Owe from Penn State. He's he's pretty good. He's an athletic freak as well. He's not a bad addition at all, but like I said, they probably could have used an offensive tackle. I'm going to give this pick a B just because I feel like that's pretty average. And OA, I guess, is not a, a star by any means, but he's he's pretty good. So I'll I'll give it a B. Yeah, I gave uh, OA a B plus just because they did lose uh, Judon and Ngakwe. Oh, I, I guess I, I did forget about Judon going too. Yeah. I, guess, I guess that makes more sense. So I think I think that fits. He's going to fit in well. He's probably going to start. Him and him on that defense is going to be a good fit. I think he's going to have a solid year, or at least solid few years there. Um, yeah, after losing a few guys, uh, he might not start immediately, but it won't take long for him to come in and come in and get his get his job going. So finally to the Bucks. Oh, I don't get it. 
Dun, dun, dun. I. It might it might seem like we're giving JOK like too much praise here. Oh or something. no, he deserves it. He deserves so, it. Some of you might be saying like, "Oh my gosh, you guys are saying JOK oh, this." Zach JOK Bauer's biased because he's a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> he's so good. Watch his highlights. He's better than all of these guys. He, he is very good. Now Joe Tryon definitely has a good ceiling. He was pretty good at Washington, but with the talent that's on the board and. I think that the Bucks needed interior offensive line depth. Now, having depth is what really got them to the playoffs in the first place last year because they had two of our starters go down. Ryan Jensen wasn't playing center at first. He had to move to center. Then we had to have a guard fill in there. Aaron Stinney, that guy's a beast coming in and clutching up for the remainder of the season. But behind him, there's not a lot of good depth left. So if it was me... Keep saying this. If it was me, I would have taken someone else. But, I mean... It's not us. Joe, so. Joe Tryon has a pretty good ceiling. Although, he's probably going to... I don't know if he's going to rotate a lot in. He'll probably get, like, maybe 10 or I mean, so. He might be a big special teams guy for yeah, his first year. Like because Devin teams. White and uh, Levante David are beasts. So... Yeah, I think he'll, he'll rotate he'll, in. He'll come in for when those two need breather plays. But, obviously, he's not going to start. Wait, who did you say? Devin White and Levante David. He's a D end. He's a D lineman. They said line linebacker. I guess he's an edge rusher. Oh. Like a combined whatever. Oh, so I guess he'll come in for Shaq Barrett. Yeah, something like that, or like JPP. Yeah. So he'll he'll probably rotate in a, f- a good amount, but I don't know. He, I think that's that's more of a depth pick. I mean, after bringing back all the starters on offensive and defense. Yeah, I don't think it's that big of a, yeah, a miss. It's you kind of can't really go too too far off track here so he try and get a good ceiling so i'm looking forward to see if he lives up to the first round pick i'm gonna give him a b well uh yeah so my reasoning just got messed up because i thought he was a linebacker um, i mean but yeah i mean so i said again who is this guy <laughs> i i never heard of him yeah i, I didn't see just, him just like pain turn i have no idea who that guy is but yeah my reasoning was that jok and nick bolton are still on the board and they take this guy interesting but the fact that he's not like a linebacker linebacker kind of messes that up so i will switch my grade from a d <laughs> to a uh to a b minus nice so yeah there you go that finishes it off for our uh for the nfl 2021 first round i uh i liked it i thought it was good i thought it was very fun they did a phenomenal job with finally being back in person what what did you think of the draft? Yeah, it was definitely fun. Uh, definitely good to see the guys back in the green room with the suits on and their families. Definitely some interesting, some suits too of the yeah. guys walking out. Yeah, Devonte Smith sticks out and because like, it was a suit on the top and it had the the belt that looked like a bathrobe belt kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Down. That was pretty it sick. Looked like that, yeah. But yeah, so, overall, I thought it. I thought it was pretty good. Today, Saturday's the the last rounds but uh we uh i don't think we'll dive into that but yeah um this was fun going over this draft yeah it was definitely definitely a good time i only got four picks right i think i got one two three four five six seven all right seven. So not bad free agency i mean you definitely did a lot better in free agency yeah i didn't do good in either of them i get my hopes up too much whatever so that's gonna call it a note here on this week's episode so, we'll be back next week. We're, 
We'll be here. We'll be here. We'll be here. That's all we're going to say. We'll be we're here. We're not so. missing any more weeks. So Maybe. Hopefully. That was, uh, that was it. That's going to be all for this week. Thank you guys for checking in once again, and we'll see you next week.